it's about getting into schools and talking to young people because you know I, I know that people can change uh, and, it, and it's about talking to people and getting them to understand and perhaps step back from violence and, and prejudice and whatever and we just need to work together and keep on the good fight there absolutely Hey there guys, we are ecstatically happy to announce that we are associated with the Sophie Lancaster Foundation. The times are changing and with the unfortunate death of Sophie, those changes have made a massive impact for the future. If Sophie was with us still today, I can guarantee what you are doing will still be reaching so many lives of young teenagers, young adults and those who wish to be as different as possible so thank you very much to find out more about this incredible foundation and all the work they do and more importantly how you can help head on over to www.sophielancasterfoundation.com Welcome everybody to the 22nd edition of the Chronicles of Podcast. And these are the Chronicles of Olivia Hyde. It is I, the bearded brummy Jamie, and with me as always, as always, is, and you can now see for yourself, this handsome man. No, wrong way. So Scotsman Tom, right here. He's right here, guy. Jamie, we're on YouTube. We are you can, on YouTube. People can actually watch the show. Like, hello. I know. We can actually see it. I, normally, when we record, when we do it just by audio, we still do this anyway. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> or it's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but obviously, no one can see us. But now you can. So it's an absolute dream. We are so excited to the fact that we're now, not it's not live, but obviously, we're on YouTube and you can now watch the show in its entirety. So hopefully you'll come and join us. Come on, come on in. Come, in, come, come on. and join us in the chateau. Come on, come and join Olivia's here. I'll make so. you a cup. <laughs> I mean, would you? How many people would that be for? Yeah, it's a lot of tea, actually. Yeah, exactly, you don't be doing that. Um, make yourself a cup, bring it with you. And make sure you don't have to go in any of any fire doors. If you do, be really quick. <laughs> Probably fling them open. You don't want to be rushing with tea. Like, I mean, I've got tea stains on my door. I swear there's coffee on my wall somewhere as well. Um, I just, I just, I don't know. It's, it's like fucking SAS. Who dares wins? But with tea. Okay, okay. We covered the tea on the door the other the other week. Coffee on the wall. How? Yeah, I don't. I, I just because I'm a twat. Um, <laughs> so anyway, let me just let me just bear with me a second. Let me just press this button right here. Jamie's weigh in. Uh, there's no such thing because of I decided I'm having a couple of weeks off. It's I'm enjoying my week. Christmas and my New Year. So sod it. Next okay, year, I'll wait. Ne- next year. Well, yeah, technically it is next year. Next week, I'll weigh myself <laughs> and then I'll see what damage I've done. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay. Um, that's a good point, actually. Welcome to this New Year's edition, this New Year's special edition of the Chronicles of Podcast. Is it? So, yeah, it's obviously um, going out on New Year's Eve. So, 
you're going to be six hours away if you're in the UK from, uh, and if you're in Australia, you've already had it. So happy new year to all the, uh, to all the Australians on the New oh, Zealanders out there. Happy new year, Sheila. Well, oh, fucking all right. Hopefully you've had a great, be- you've had a fucking banger. And obviously you're not all locked in your houses because that'd be fucking shit. So hopefully you've all got the beers out and the fucking whiskey and the bourbon and whatnot, and you're all getting fucking wasted. It'll be absolutely fantastic. So <laughs> you're right. Can there, you do Joe. me a favour. Can you say bourbon in an Australian accent again, please? What, bourbon? <laughs> Gin? Everything what, ever. Bourbon. Kentucky bourbon. <laughs> Oh, that's really amusing, man. I don't know why. <laughs> I'm pleased you like it so much. Jump to keep going. <laughs> so, yeah, Happy New Year. Happy New Year to all the Sheilas and Daves out there in our fucking Australia and New Zealand. Hope you're having an absolute fucking twat of a, of a sesh riding to bed now. Um, and anybody in the eastern the eastern part of the world, uh, you might have hit it, you might not. But anyway, Happy New Year to you all. Hope you all have an absolutely amazing time, whatever you do. Us here in Wales... Get to stay inside. Hooray! Oh, yes. I we love that. Got we your love lock, restrictions. Locked down again, aren't you? Well, we're not locked down necessarily. It's yeah, more of a, you can only have 30 people indoors and 50 people outdoors and everyone's just gone. And nightclubs are now shut um, and all that sort of thing. So everybody's just gone. Do you know what? Fuck off then. We'll just stay in. Street party. I, re- I reckon there'll be loads of parties. I reckon there'll be loads of house parties. Yeah, um, definitely. So, yeah. People ain't going to follow the rules, let's be honest. Well, not anymore, are they? Well, you just have cheese and wine, you'd be sorted. Precisely. It's all you need. Cheese and wine. Job's done. What are you doing for New Year anyway? Have you got plans? Yeah, me and the other half are going to um, have a chat. Well, we're going to have Chinese. um, And now she doesn't know what she wants. So I was like, she's like, do you want Indian? Or we could do Mexican. Oh, we could definitely have fish and chips. What about English? Full English. Would you, do you fancy Swedish? What about Finnish? We're going for Russian? How about Chinese? You said Chinese before, love. Yeah, I know, but what about Japanese? That'd be all right. How's Korean? Check in with so, Lena, get some Moldovian cuisine on the go. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I'm thinking Mexican, I think. You're right. Of course I'm you're going to think Mexican. <laughs> because enchiladas are the best thing in the world. See if you can beat a record going into 2022. What, I'm nine in a row? <laughs> yeah, get that 10th one in. Okay, it won't happen. It won't happen. What about you? Um, to be fair, we don't really know. We had plans. We were going to go to our friend's house. We were going to like crash there. And, but my friend has just come down with COVID. So that his isolation date for like the seven days is the 1st of January. So no. Yeah, so now we've got to try and think of some... Uh, New New Year's Eve plans, so I don't know at the minute. Probably just going to be I, me and the wife watching terrible movies. I mean, New Year's so overrated, anyway, dudes. I mean, to be I fair, it's just like you, you have to you have to pay twenty quid to get to a pub you'd normally go to anyway. It's normally free entry, and they treble the prices of beers and wines just because they fucking can. Nah, I'm alright. Yeah, no, I've never been the biggest fan of New Year. To be fair, because of personal reasons, my granddad passed away on New Year's Eve, so I just have memories of that. So yeah, I'm good. <laughs> No, that's fair. That's fair. Um, how are you, man? Anyway, what's been going on? Well, I'm all right, actually. I've just finished a shift. We're currently recording at 20 past 11 at night time. Night time, recording. Well, don't forget, it's night time. Oh, yeah, sorry. It's night time. Recording. Yeah. Recording. <laughs> so it's like either Marilyn Manson style or um, crash test dummies at night. Once there was this girl who got into an accident and ended nighttime recording. 
But yeah, so I've just come home from work. I've had quite a busy shift. I'm not going to lie, I was on the way here and I was like, I'm so tired. But as soon as I set up, I was like, come on, let's go. First YouTube recording, baby. So no, I'm good. I've had three days off. Do you know why I've had three days off work? Because it's been bloody Christmas, hasn't it? Yeah. Bloody Christmas. Have you had a good Christmas, Mr. Stevens? Um, I was quite ill. So um, it it was good. It was good. Uh, The day was lush. Um, but it was weird. I had, I had uh, excuse me one second. I had a, like a fry up. So the other half made me like, like uh, sausages, egg and beans on toast. And then after I was a bit like, oh, I feel a bit, I'm all right. I'm okay. Do you know when you get a bit like, mm, it's not sitting right. Feeling a bit bilious. Yeah. And then I had a cocktail. I had um, wine. I had beer. I had like Dr. Pepper. Um, I, I think we now know why you weren't feeling very well. I had chocolate, terrace chocolate orange cheesecake. Um which we made um and then uh like loads of like roses and nuts and crisps and dip and that sort of thing and then by the evening i was like Mm-mm, i do not feel well i'm really not surprised yeah i don't think someone just didn't agree with me how about you how was yours uh, my christmas was great i had a really good day uh christmas day obviously we opened presents with olivia which was amazing uh, she has just been an absolute delight this year because this is the first time she's like she's got it like she knows what's happening. So in the morning, she's like, Daddy, has Santa been? Has Santa been? Like running down the stairs. She absolutely loved it. She's like, oh, it's just, oh, just amazing watching it all open the presents. She was distributing them. It was amazing. Like normally I pass the presents out. She was like, Is this one for me? Yes, it's for you. So like, this one, duh, duh. this one's for you, Daddy. I was like, Clever child. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, no, absolutely amazing morning. I got some great presents. I was quite chuffed with what I got this year. Including my ring light, which is why I'm so shiny and I can start doing makeup videos now. Um, yeah, and then we went to the in laws for Christmas dinner, which was delicious. I had my body weight in sprouts, obviously. Were they in cheese? No, we had more of the sprout cheese, though. That's now all gone. All three, it, all three it, packets gone. Was it enjoyed or was it? Did everybody it not was really enjoyed. Give a shit? Everyone enjoyed it. I felt, but to be fair, no one was really bothered by it because you can't bloody taste it. Which, by the way, update, I looked on the ingredients. It's not sprouts in cheese. It's cheese mixed with sprout ketchup. I'll what? I'm thinking for a minute. Sprout ketchup. Huh? That's literally what it says on the back. Ingredients, mild cheddar cheese infused with sprout ketchup. Right, okay. So let's just... Let's just oh, hang on. <laughs> hang on. Whoa, 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 whoa. So... Not only is there garlic and bread, <laughs> not only is there cheese and cake, but now you're telling me that there's sprouts and ketchup. Apparently so. I've never seen sprout well, ketchup for sale, but... Holy ass. It it's like all straight this, in my basket if I could find it. It's like all this fucking Marmite beer and stuff like well, that. Like, let's just get in the bin. What is going on here? You remember a couple of weeks ago when I mentioned like parrot yogurt? <laughs> like, this is what literally we're fucking getting to again. So yeah, it's a bit weird, but it was enjoyed anyway. I and really then... fancy some salmon milk. Has anyone got salmon? Oh, milk? <laughs> but no, we had a, we had a great Christmas dinner. We had a great Christmas pudding. A lovely bit of pavlova because I don't do Christmas pudding. Open more presents, which is always great because who doesn't love presents? Um, then we played some games on the evening. I was designated game master. So we had this game where you basically wear the glasses and you write the name on it. And the person wearing them has to get ask questions so they can guess who they are. 
So like mine oh, okay. had Geordie LaForge on it and I had to ask questions and try and guess who it was. Like, yes, no questions. Is he in a TV show? Is he in a movie? That sort of thing. That Who's was that? It's from Star Trek. Don't worry. Oh, okay. I should have I gave my father-in-law the shark from Jaws, which he didn't get. Really? Yeah. There's a, there a bit of miscommunication on that one. It's fine. Okay. It, it was good fun anyway. We had a good laugh. And um, yeah, came back here. And then Boxing Day, we had all the kids here. We ended up having another Christmas dinner, part two, which means more sprouts for Jamie. We fed 10 people that day. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, the wife cooked dinner for 10 people. I was quite impressed. So I can imagine, I can imagine your ass now, right? Oh, like, boy. To know how people, um, if they stick their head out of a really fast-moving car, it's like, raw, like they hold their face, like, it's back and all that sort of thing. So if your ass goes, I can imagine Becky being like, fuck it now, like trying let, to like, like fight her way through the wind. Like, come on then, come on then. So, put like, it this way. The In the past two days, three if you include today, I've not heard the phrase, Jamie, what? Dad, so many times in my life. Because, yeah, I've been pungent. Let's just say that. It's, it's vintage, though, isn't it? It's just what happens. It's, it's, what, just the... it's what happens at Christmas. If you don't have smelly farts at Christmas, you ain't doing Christmas right. Simple as that. I right? really hope that you're like, oh, vintage that is. That's vintage. Oh, vintage that's vi- Westwood. That's a vintage Brussels sprout, that one. Vintage Brussels sprout. I, I was thinking you could start your own fucking clothing lines. Fuck Vivian Westwood. You've got vintage Westwood over here. <laughs> just a Art picture clothing. of sprouts on the front. Yeah, that's just, just made. Like, what's that dress made of? Sprout ketchup, I'll have you know. Fucking sprout ketchup. <laughs> <that. laughs> no, we had, had an amazing couple of days. It's been great. Look, today back to work, but you know it's fine. Is what it is. We're going to go back to work at some point, haven't we? But no, it's been really good. Um, watched a few films. Naturally, Christmas Eve we watched Die Hard. Then Christmas Day we watched Die Hard too. And then Boxing Day, I started Die Hard Free, but we were so tired, we just went to bed and didn't finish it. But Okay. Because I figured, you know what? I don't remember, like, from four to six of the Die Hard movies. So, like, let's work our way through the Die Hard movies. And i got to admit, I think I prefer Die Hard 2 to Die Hard 1. I don't know if that's blasphemous to say. I don't think so. The, the twist gets me every time in Die Hard 2. So it's, it's so good. I don't remember it very well. I haven't seen it in years. That's the and Germans, then, isn't it? It's the airport one, yeah. Yeah, the Germans, yeah, yeah. It's really yeah. good. Really liked that film. It was amazing. And concern, considering things I've watched, I watched a film I've never seen before. It was recommended to me by someone at work called The Guilty on Netflix with Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah, I told you about this weeks ago. Did you? Yes. Where it's 911 phone operator. Yeah. Yeah, it's really good. Fucking good. Yeah. Really good. I, I literally told you about it weeks ago because me and the half watched it and I was like, you need to watch it because it's fucking awesome. Oh, there you go. I completely yeah. forgot you're talking about that. That's but... absolutely fine. Sorry. Don't worry about it. It's fine. Dude. It's, I'm, not, I'm not hurt. I'm right? sorry. I love you. Just, ah. just no. Don't worry about it. You're okay. Incredibly, incredibly good. What about you, Mr. Stevens? What have you been up to? So obviously, if you did Rihanna in, um, I worked, I Rihanna'd uh, the 23rd and Christmas Eve. Uh, but Christmas Eve, we just didn't see a lot of people, which is quite nice, I suppose. Um, although I did uh, the very last patient of the day, I literally sang his name. There's a Christmas song on, and I sang his name to that song, and he was not amused. Really? <laughs> yeah. I literally went, it's Mr. Ben Wilson. And he just went, yeah, it's me. Like, cool, right there. Do you want to come on over? And he was like, yeah. Grumpy ass. And I was like, anyway, so sorry about seeing you there, but it was just an effective spirit. And he went, it's all right. 
Cool. He's a barrel of fun at the works Christmas party. Jesus Christ. He reminds me of the guy that I called Aaron and he had a go at me. His name's actually Aaron and it's spelled A-A-R-O-N. Right. right. So obviously everyone's going to make that mistake in the history of ever by your family. So I don't Which case, get... You should be having a go at your mum for spelling your name one way and saying it another. So yeah, so that, I found that really amusing, um, but never mind. And uh, so then I went back to uh, the house mums where I spent Christmas Eve, um, which was really nice. Uh, we um, what were we for dins? I can't remember what we for dins on Christmas Eve, uh, but we played pub quiz, which was really fun. So we had loads of cards and we played pub quiz, and I demolished the first round. So we did like five cards each, um, and then like we all read. So it's like five cards each, three rounds. So like her mum would read out a round, then she'd read out a round, and I'd do one. Okay. Um, so you'd have two sets of answers in each three sets of rounds. And uh, I won the first one. Her mum won the second, and then she won the last one. Um, so it was good fun. We just had some wines and some chocolates and stuff and just chilled out. Uh, Christmas Day was lush, like so lovely. Um, we got matching dressing gowns from her mum, which was did see that. that phenomenal. Was adorable. What was matching about? Because the picture I saw, they were just they were black. Was there anything yeah, on them? They're, they're, just... No, they're just exactly the same. Oh, just okay. black. Mine's an extra large and hers is small. Because <laughs> she's like 15 foot smaller than me. Um, <laughs> um, and then, do excuse me, I'm so sorry. I've got a bad cough. Um, and uh, yeah, and then we spent like, some, like we had a bit of a Christmas, just the three of us. Um, I had a, had a bit of a cooked breakfast um, and then like got ready because her sister, her husband, their kids and all that stuff were coming over. Um, and it was absolute carnage, Jamie Westwood. Absolute carnage, as they oh, say no. in France. Because um, they're, they're, they're 13, 5 and 4, the kids. Fucking hell. And the 5 and 4-year-old were just like, this is the best day ever! Ah! Yeah, bless them, they were so lush. They didn't know what to do with themselves. Um, so yeah, it was pretty mental, but it was just lovely. Um, uh, we had Christmas dinner, which was absolutely wah, 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 turkey and beef. Um, it was lovely. Obviously, I I made, we, had to... we made the cherry chocolate orange cheesecake, uh, which was unreal. Um, and then we, what did we do after that? Uh, did gifts. Um, and my other half sister and her her husband, so very, very generous. Um, I'm going to see Jack Bauer live. All right, I'm missing oh, Keith Sutherland. <laughs> so I was literally like, I literally went, no way. Uh, and, uh, do you want to know a secret? What's that? I already knew that. What? <laughs> How did you already know that? That's for me to know, for you to never to find out. Why did you tell me? Because I want to know. <laughs> Your other half messaged me asking for my opinion on some things. So. Oh, okay. I already knew that. Fair, fair. Um... Yes, yeah, so I'm absolutely pumped about that. That's going to be absolute titties. Um, uh, we watched Michael McIntyre's The Wheel. We watched Blankety Blank with Bradley Walsh. It's like, you know, Christmas TV um, after everybody left this chill. And then I was like, oh, my ass, I don't feel very well. And I ended up being sick all Christmas Day night. I, did, I got like no sleep. Um, oh. Through the half looked after me, though. She was wonderful. And I kept her up most of the night. I felt so bad. Um, like I was proper spewing up. It's a boxing day. Um, I woke up boxing in the morning and was like, this is not the one. Um, but I literally dosed up on so much like paracetamol and ibuprofen and cold and flu tablet. I like I literally took everything, code, codamol, like 
codeine, morphine, diazepam, whatever I could get my fucking hands on and injected into myself. Um, and then I went and saw my family. It was really, really lush. I um, got so I went made- saw my family. Yeah, I spent the whole day with them. It was really, really nice. Um, got back, got back straight back into bed because I was not well. I watched the NFL all evening. Um, and then the half went downstairs and hung out with the mum. They had wine and crackers and olives and quiche, quiche, quiche. Um, which is quite nice. So, and then I called in sick at work today because I was not, I was not well. Um, I'm all right. I'm not too bad now. Um, got, got my 5G. My 5G apparently was really weak. Um, so I had to have a booster. Uh, a vaccine booster to really boost my 5G because Bill was on the phone. He was like, I, I don't know where you are. I can't locate you. Um, <laughs> so I had that sorted. And then he was like, brilliant. I need to make sure I can keep track of every ginger on this planet to make sure you don't fucking do that to me again. And if you do, get, get another booster. Um, but what I'm really hoping for, Jamie, is that I get magnetic powers because apparently people in America have been kicking off saying that everything sticks in now like magnets. Um, like all the metal and stuff. So I, want, I could be a much more powerful version of Magneto. I was going to say, you know, if you're going to be a magnet, you might as well go full hog and turn yourself into Magneto. So go for it. Exactly. Did you not, did you not see that news report where that woman was sticking that key to her? Yeah, it is, yeah. She stuck it to her <laughs> chest and it stuck there, but it stuck it to her neck and it kept falling off. It was like, yeah, look, why? Why? It's, why is this sticking to me? Like, why is it? If I balance myself at an angle, it sits there and doesn't move. <laughs> but do you know what I didn't do tonight? What I did tonight, because the other half asked me what my karaoke song was. And I was like, what is my karaoke song? And then I remembered, it's the Mavericks dance the night away. I was like, I've not heard that song for ages. Wow, so, I've not heard that song in a long time. A uh, little, little, little bit of nostalgia tonight. So I put it on and was just like, ah, oh, text me back. They don't, don't make them like they used to. Just wanna dance the night away. Oh, I haven't heard that in years. I can't remember the rest of the words now. Get it on your player. We're senorita who can sway. I need to stop singing. <laughs> well, so yeah, man, I was just I was just having to reminisce about decent, you know, classic tunes and whatnot. So and I've been listening to a lot of Ed Sheeran for some reason. <laughs> As you do. Why. As you do. Fair enough. Nothing wrong with a bit of Ed, to be fair. He's all right. I don't have a problem. I don't see what everyone dislikes about Ed. He's all right. He's not harming anyone. So uh, we're caught up. So uh, shall we check in with our friends? Let's do it. Stay cosy, what you say. Hey, Jamie, do you like being cosy? I do. And do you like staying cosy? I like that even more. Then just heading over to www.staycosyclothing.com where you can find hoodies, tees, sweaters, and much, much more. And just enter The Chronicles as one word at checkout to receive 10% off your order. And make sure you follow them on the Instagram at Stay Cozy Clothing to keep up to date with all the new designs. Remember, guys, that's The Chronicles as one word at checkout to receive 10% off your order. And now back to this week's episode. Hi, this is Olivia Hyde, and you are listening to The Chronicles of Podcast with Tom and Jamie. So, you've seen the brand new music. You've seen the brand new intro. Guess what, guys? It's time for Callum Street Chins. Yes! <laughs> Do you want to know something? 
Callum will be able to tell you in Callum's Treachings. It's cereal soup. Ooh. I am very excited for this. Welcome to Callum's Treachings. Now, visually as well. Yeah. So you can now see him as well as hear him. So guys, Jamie, what is Callum treaching us this week? Does it take a bird the same amount of energy to fly as it does for it to walk? Ooh. <laughs> That's a good question. That's a very good question. That's a very... Oh. Uh, 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 and that one seems a lot more exhausting, but I guess they're used to it. Hmm. I think I think flying is more is harder than walking because I think yeah, flying's got to be harder than walking. Although birds seem to walk really quick, they do, especially pigeons. Pigeons are, only... are always in a rush for something, and their legs are sticks. They are. They're very small little sticks, aren't they? That's a lot of body weight to carry on. Yeah, those legs. Like... <laughs> like in cartoons. I think I'm going to agree because that just seems a lot more exhausting. But they do a lot of gliding as well, not just flying. <laughs> what am I doing? <laughs> I'm so trying to think because obviously birds like migrate, some migrate, don't they? Like the winter they and the summer and stuff like that. So they must be fucking knackered. Imagine they I are. I don't know. It's a really good question. I'm trying to think, to me, that is knackering. I'm not a bird. So it could be fine for them. That yeah, might be, be like, really... oh, this takes the pressure off my little legs. Quite liking this. This is all right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's a good point. Hmm. This is a thinker, Callum. This is a thinker. I don't know. I think that they must get na- If they have to migrate and shit, they must get knackered really quick. Oh, yeah. But I don't know. They're all having their meetings on the rooftops, aren't they? So they are. They do like to have meetings. Yeah, they're rooftops. probably. Now we know what the meetings are about. They're like, dude, I'm fucking knackered, man. Is that what you're flying for a week? I've been flying for a week. I just migrated from Southampton. I'm fucked. That's why they go on like telegraph poles and like wire stuff. So they're just like, oh, bloody hell, I'm shattered. You use Absolutely. the energy from the poles to recharge the batteries. Yeah, yeah. They're like electro. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say walking. I'm going to go against the grain. I'm going to say walking is even more tiring for a bird. Unless they migrate, I think they'll fly a bit harder. But they probably glide a lot of it. They probably get the wind take. They're like planes. <laughs> Just glide like a kite. Whee! I've got a feeling that they're probably like migrating. They're flying. There's that plane behind them. They don't know. And they want to be like, Dave, 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 there's a fucking plane behind Dave, there's a fucking plane behind you. Tell I can see doing. it, Trevor. I can see it. Fuck. <laughs> oh, no. We liked him. So like, over in America, they're like, oh, only three of you made it. Well, there were 10 of us, but planes. Bloody fucking planes. There's so many of them. <laughs> Why are birds from Yorkshire? I don't know they all are, apparently. Everyone's from fucking Yorkshire when we do the show. But Jamie, what else is Callum Trichiners this week? Really, locks just turn doors into walls. <laughs> He's not wrong. Yeah, it's, it's he's a, really he's not wrong. I can't even think of if I'd say to that. Don't know me. Yeah, <laughs> a wall that opens. 
Yeah, he's not wrong. He can't walk through it anymore. It's locked, so it's technically like a wall. That is nuts. <laughs> like, Terrence, have you locked that wall yet? Yeah. You mean the door? The wall. Have you locked the wall? Locked the door? What the fuck are you on about? Dude? It was a door, now it's wall. Yeah. Come on, you know this. Callum's been fucking telling us. He's teaching us all, for fuck's sake. Where's Simon at? What's he doing? Oh, he's trapped in the door, for fuck's sake. Not again. That's, that's what my brain knows. It's like, what? That's really tickled me. That's nuts. But he's absolutely right. It turns a door a door lock turns into a wall. Yeah. Well, fuck me sideways, Jamie. And what else? Finally, it's Callum treating us this week. The catnip industry exists because we, as a society, like to occasionally get our cats high. <laughs> A cat on a cat because a cat on a come down. Fucking hell, have you got some? They do. Have you got some fucking nip? Like he's in, he's in the alleyway. Like Simon, you got some fucking nip? Like, it's going to cost you a twenty for a what for an ounce. God, they they do though. I can't believe I'm fucking going to admit this on the goddamn show. My wife brought a cardboard house for the cat. What? Yeah, you heard. In Aldi, they were selling these cardboard houses for cats. But there's catnip inside it to sort of entice the cat to use it. It's basically like a scratching post, but inside a house for some okay. unknown fucking reason. But when she was first using it, like she came out, she's like, there's some good shit in there. Oh my God. <laughs> like running around chasing her tail, like fucking all over the shop. Like, ah. But then afterwards, she was just like, oh. I just had <laughs> a vision. Like a proper come down. It's great. A vision of her getting a pour of her nostril. <laughs> <laughs> Fair, oh. good seer inside the house, she might have been. Some good fucking shit. Tabby, Tabby, where are you? Ginger, where are you? Come on. Some fucking oh. good nip, lads. <laughs> I've, heard, I've heard there's some good shit around the Westwood house. Let's go. <laughs> it's just a massive cat orgy in this house. They're all like snorting nip off each other's balls. <laughs> <laughs> and over here, it's like... <laughs> and their house is like all those flashing lights and everything. They're all like got glow sticks in their paws, like all loving life. I'm going to have to keep an eye on that little house now. Yeah. I'll see glow sticks coming out of it. I'm going to ask questions. Cat vodka through the fucking eyeball. <laughs> so you I can like buy cat wine, so there might be. <laughs> because I got her. Because I got her. Me, me, meow, 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 meow. I was going to scratch your sofa, but then I got her. I was going to slit your throat with my claws, but then I got her. My cat probably would. Evil bastard. <laughs> I was going to bite your balls off, and I know why. Because <laughs> <laughs> I got her on catnip, because I got her, because I got yeah. her on catnip, catnip. <laughs> <laughs> One for good look, Amidala. Yeah, let's fucking go then. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> and that was another edition of Calvin's Treachings. Yeah. Oh, they are fucking phenomenal. And obviously you can see his beautiful little face now as well. I know. You can look at him and go, what a fucking unit of a man. Oh, he's an absolute fucking tank. Absolute machine. And now I've got to follow Jamie. Yes. It's time for Tom's Journal. Oh, open it for me. And welcome to another edition of Tom's Journal. 
<laughs> I will. <laughs> so, Jamie. Hello. I'm not sure why people don't automatically say, say shape-shifting when asked what they want their superpower to be. You know, you could become anyone you want, like even fictional characters, anyone. Cosplay would always be spot on. Dysphoria wouldn't exist. Perfection. Rubber bank. Disguise yourself as a stray pen lying on a shelf when the cops come. There are, these are two kinds of people. Just imagine a single pen surrounded by $500,000. <laughs> that is a really, really, really damn good point. It's a clever idea, isn't it? And if you were to shapeshift into someone, say a superhero, would you get their powers too? I would imagine so, yeah. And that's the fucking winner of an answer. Does Loki on Mystique get them when he turns into them? I think he does, doesn't he? I can't think if I'm honest. I think so. Just quickly, I'm going to see Spider-Man tomorrow night. Very excited. Yes, finally. Sorry. Um, yeah, so... Mm. I don't know. Interesting, isn't it? But even if you don't get their powers, that's a pretty cool answer, and I'm going to steal it from now on. I just shapeshift into the pole. You know, the gold metal pole they have with all the ribbon on, and just like, sit there for a while, like... <laughs> This made me fucking raw. Okay. So, Jamie. Yes. One was given to Monica in his life. One was given to Erica by his side. One was given to Sandra in the sun. And one was given to Mary all night long. But, Jamie, they were all deceived. Deep in the fires of Mount Doom, the Dark Lord Lou Baker forged a master mambo. And that mambo was number five. This puts Lord of the Rings in a whole weird-ass <laughs> fucking perspective. <laughs> it's been a while since we've had a Lou Bega reference on the show. I was just like, I saw it, I was like, oh, I remember the member number five reference. It's been a while. Gotta, that's got to go in the show. It's got to go in. This also made me fucking cry my eyes out with laughter. Um, a lady just dropped a steak while I was at Aldi. I said, whoops, now it's ground beef. She didn't <laughs> laugh or seem slightly amused, but that's showbiz, I guess. <laughs> How could you not find that funny? That's like someone exactly. that find it funny if you're singing their name. But it's so clever. Like, that is so fucking clever. Like, just to think straight away that that's, that's whipped at its finest. <laughs> it's absolutely finest. Because that's something I would do. That's it really is something you do to be fair. Yeah. <laughs> this is going to blow your mind. Oh, I like it when things like Darth that. Vader can give long distance hand jobs. Who the fuck starts a conversation like that? I've just sat down. I mean, technically, yes, he could. I, I'm not sure I'd want to, to receive a hand job from Darth Vader, but I think I'm getting one right now. <laughs> Can you feel his force? <laughs> bit tighter, bit tighter. <laughs> um, <laughs> bit too strong. He's just slid a finger in the dark side. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, Right, this is for everybody. Remember, I gave you security minder last week. I've given you another security minder this week. This is another Looks one. Good. We like Please these. pay we like attention. These. All right. Yep. Home security reminder: a lot of people are going away for Christmas, which makes their homes easy pickings for burglars. For security reasons, I strongly recommend leaving one of your kids behind to construct a series of elaborate booby traps and defend your interests. <laughs> but to yeah, it works. It works. It works in two movies. So. I mean, I have no kids, so I can't. 
I can't do that. I'll just lock on my windows and doors. Yeah, that's a safer option for you, but I've just got to leave the kid home. If I did, I'm sorry. So, yeah. <laughs> did you also, did you also know, Jamie? I'm not sure if you're aware of this. The Rocky Horror Picture Show is the only movie in the Rocky series to not feature Sylvester Stallone. Fuck's sake. <laughs> Side note, I made an amazing accomplishment this week. What's that? I taught Olivia to do the time warp dance. She fucking does, does it. it. Yes. So that's your Steve version or the Rocky Horror Picture Show version? The Rocky Horror Picture Show version. She, she goes like, let's do time warp again. It's the best. <laughs> so proud of myself. I, I bet you are. 1980 chord and wants his fucking, I don't know. Hey, you um, don't insult that film or that soundtrack or that song or that dance. You leave it all alone. <laughs> I've never seen it. So. I was about to say you've never seen it, have you? No. But I felt this was also fitting since Christmas has been and gone. Mariah points a claw at another innocent victim. All I want for Christmas is you. We look away. The screaming eventually ceases and is replaced by the sound of bones crunching. We can sleep easy now. The Mariah has fed. <laughs> for now. For now. <laughs> Until next year. <laughs> when her and Buble start defrosting again. I've got, I've got a nice, yeah. When they come out of their caves, they're fucking like, <laughs> you know, the bubbles burst, Buble's back. Back. <laughs> it's here like, <laughs> like just like squeezing his face through the, the caves like everyone's like trying to block him in with, with the he turns into liquid and foams through the rocks <laughs> how does this hideous monster turn into such a I charming man haven't met you yet <laughs> <laughs> Shit, the Michael's back. Hide, everyone, hide. <laughs> no one blow any bubbles. It's Booblay. Fuck, I don't care. <laughs> I've got a little rhyme for you. Okay, I like rhymes. Roses are red. Wine brings us cheer. People sticking random objects up their bums is costing the NHS 350 grand a year. <laughs> That's not where I saw that going. <laughs> why? Why? I don't get the obsession. I know we spoke to Dr. Salah about it. I was about to ago. mention that. Yeah. Like, why do people think it's a good idea? I don't really do you know, know what I mean. Like, oh, I want to see if this army man can get in my asshole. It's always the like, most weirdest things, as well, isn't it? I'm going to put a record player up there. <laughs> what? You know, this fridge freezer, love. <laughs> do you reckon? <laughs> If I lube it a little bit, you never know. What, what size is your TV? 75 inch? No problem. <laughs> Sideways, love. Sideways. <laughs> give, me, give me some of that booty rope. Here we go. Fucking <laughs> people are odd. Give me that pillow to bite down on, love. I'll be fine. Oh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Do I know something, though? Do I know what I get high on? Uh, catnip. It's not life. It's not weed. It's that part in the taste of it by the news when it goes four o'clock in the fucking morning. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Love that song so much. It's been a while since I've heard that and all. What an absolute tune. That's, that's the bit in the song where if it comes on in a club, everyone's in the dance floor just like sticking their hands in the air. Like, yeah, four yeah. o'clock in the fucking morning. 
Each day gets more like the last day. Still, I can see it coming. Oh, what a tune. Might have to absolutely smash that out tomorrow. I can't, that's too late. Good old Bert. And, and finally, in Tsunami, the T is silent. In Honest, the H is silent. In Ireland, the S is silent. In Q, the U-E-U-E is silent. After hearing my jokes, everyone is silent. <laughs> and that, Jamie, was another edition of Tom's Journal. <laughs> Fucking enjoy it, right? Get that, in your, get that in your face and smoke it. Or eat it. Or lick it, or whatever you want to do. Shut up your ass. It'll cost the NHS, though. Like the fridge freezer. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Before we move on, should we hear from our other friends? We've got lots of friends. Siscas, get your ass in here. Hi, I'm Frank Guglielmelli, and I'm the narrator for some wonderful audio dramas from Siscast, like Marty and Mars, Bounty Hunters, and a great part in Val Toby, with much more to come. You can find these programs on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts, or head over to our website, www.siscast.com. We are excited to announce that we are now affiliated with the Chronicles of Podcast with Tom and Jamie. Jamie. Hello. It's a very special New Year's edition of the Piece of Resistance. It is. He's got his party hat on. He's got his fireworks ready to go. He's been setting off. He's got his sparklers going. He's practicing the words of old Lang Syne. Exactly. Oh, what a tune. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Chronicles of Olivia Hyde. Olivia wow. is the front lady for Bad Pollyanna. They're currently on a break. Don't worry, they're on hiatus. They will be back. Um, she is a, excuse me, an independent artist and singer-songwriter. She has currently written a song called An Open Letter to Death, which I believe that you should be checking out right now. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. It's about five minutes, isn't it? Yeah, but we can give them five minutes. It's fine, yeah. So, uh, this is, how's the wife? All right? She's all right. Good, good, good. Take the cough, but she's so, all right. Oh, nice. As long as she's okay. Welcome back, guys. And hopefully, you enjoyed an open that to death. Hopefully, you enjoyed that mother lover. And welcome to these chronicles of Olivia. She is a wonderful northern human. It's <laughs> my favorite thing about this interview. It's just how northern it just, it just reminded me of being home again, like turning to my parents. <laughs> It was just... it's, what, it's what I love about this. Your love for this episode is simply not because of the beautiful things she says, not because of her hard work and dedication, not because of her amazing 12 foot dog, but for the fact that she's northern. Yeah, well, northerns are better than southerners, aren't they? So it's just, it's just the way it is. It's just a lot Move nicer. towards that fucking moor, <laughs> So, yeah, um, this was a beautiful interview, beautiful stories. Obviously, sadly, Olivia lost her father, um, which is obviously what an open night's death is all about. Um, and she introduced us to her other half as well, who lovingly directs and films um, some of the videos. They did some videos to her that they during lockdown and whatnot they did, they did. in their house as well. So, yeah. Um, but, yeah, Livy was just an absolutely wonderful person to talk to. She was so lovely. So Tom, just, Tom said she's a singer-songwriter, which she absolutely is, but I just like to call her an artist because it goes beyond the song. The video is like a mini-movie. Yeah, The is. song is an accompany to, and she did all the costumes. She did all the casting. 
She's directed it. It, it literally is this art piece designed and put together by this one powerhouse of a woman. And it is absolutely incredible to check out. And the story behind it is beautiful. And it's just amazing when you see someone that's so passionate about a project. They're just like, I'm going to throw everything I have at this. And it paid off. It is absolutely incredible. Obviously, we originally reached out to Olivia because she, as Tom mentioned, is the vocalist and for Bad Pollyanna. And Bad Pollyanna released a single called Invincible Girl. There was an official charity single for the Sophie Lancaster Foundation. And they raised a ton of money for her as well. So it was amazing to talk to her about that, about how they got involved with the foundation and all about Sophie's message. So yeah, this is a delight. Wonderful. Jamie. Hello. Any final words? Just Olivia. Thank you very much. You never give up because your mindset is beautiful. Ladies and gentlemen, here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, interviewing this week an incredible woman who is the front lady for Bad Pollyanna, an absolutely incredible artiste, singer-songwriter of an open letter to death. It's Olivia Hyde. Hello, everyone. Today, we welcome a very special guest into the chateau. Today's guest is an amazing singer-songwriter, formerly with the band Bad Pollyanna, but now performing solo. Here to talk all about her new single and masterpiece, An Open Letter to Death. A woman who I learned recently can do a cracking cover of Alone by Heart. Ladies and gents, these are the chronicles of Olivia Hyde. Hey. So it just so that the bad Pollyanna fan fans are having a meltdown right now. It's not that we're officially never doing anything again. Don't worry. It's just I'm focusing on this for now, but I'm I'm not formally in bad Okay, Pollyanna. I do apologise. I wasn't 100 <laughs> percent I could just imagine my husband shit. Where was I? <laughs> it's it might seem like it at the moment, but it is my intention to to go back and finish the third album it's just that this is uh it's this is something that's I've been wanting to come out for a while and it's I seem to be absolutely powerless to to stop it even though it's uh um terrible terrible for my mental health <laughs> but you know doing it anyway but that's being an artist at the end of the day so I'm not complaining so Olivia how was your pandemic season because obviously it's been it's still going on so I was I kept being like 18 months 19 months 20 so yeah how was uh how was the last two years been well um if uh, just to be completely honest um I do very well in lockdowns because um you might not think this to see me on stage but I'm not necessarily the most sociable of people it's I, I actually find this over and over again with musicians and artists that people assume that they're very extroverted but where I'm sat right now this is my studio I've got my piano adjacent and my little heater my notebook my logic sessions and my you know my cats and my dog and um, generally so not that much changed you know the the only things that changed were you know I didn't get to see my friends and family as much as I would have liked um I wasn't gigging um but no I do very well in lockdowns because I'm used to being by myself with my pets and my music and my art um me and my partner made blood and rust in lockdown we gave ourselves this challenge of making a video in lockdown with no cast no crew no locations very very little money we had 20 from bad Pollyanna to 
to do a whole albums with the demos that until that point were very half baked. And sorry, yep. um, we have to cut because of bad internet. But I got to the point where we were, I said that um, we did blood and rust in lockdown. So yeah, we did. We we gave ourselves a challenge of making a video just in our home um, with twenty quid, no extra costumes or locations. We just had to work with what we had, and we had a blast doing that. But yeah, it's like you know. <laughs> I know it's going to sound awful and I don't mean to make light of what other people go through in lockdown I mean blood and rust was literally about somebody going mad with isolation in lockdown um but yeah I do pretty well by myself because I'm, I'm on my own most of the time anyway with my music and my animals and my videos so I'm that's good okay. that's amazing what did the 20 quid get spent on in the end 10 pound on gray body paint for Andre <laughs> we played the personification of loneliness. I like to, I like to anthropomorphize complex things in my work. It's something I do a lot. So he was the personification of loneliness. Um, and then five pounds on some flowers that we set fire to and five pounds <laughs> for the black bath bomb. That was it. That's, That's amazing. amazing. Mm. Um, but obviously, whilst you were locked away and whatever else, other than doing... Uh, what you do, your music and whatnot. Did you like teach yourself or learn a new skill at all? Or did I? Um, well, I guess so. But it's weird in my head. The two things aren't connected because very little about my day to day changed. But um, yes, something. Yeah, absolutely. Um, in Bad Pollyanna, Nikki was the primary arranger. So I would sometimes write the songs. He would sometimes write the songs. Sometimes we'd write the songs together, but he would always arrange them. I would always do the lyrics and he would weigh in. Um, but sometimes, but yeah, but with the arrangement, he would always do the arrangement and I would weigh in. Um, and obviously when Paul joined the band, Paul joined the band, he contributed to the arrangement as well. But then when it was my music, I don't know anybody um, who could arrange things the way that I wanted them arranged. So I had to teach myself. I had to teach, my, teach myself orchestral arrangement. So I bought wow. Logic Pro in um, January. And since then, I've the Ghost of Stalls Hall, for instance, is probably the best example, but that song is, now, is on the AEP. And that's a whole orchestra. Um, and yeah, so now it's, generally speaking, my arrangements are piano, strings, and some orchestral instruments. So... Yeah, although, again, the two things in my head aren't related. It's more that, okay, I need to learn how to do this now. Yeah. So I'm going to have to learn how to do it. It's quite. It's a bit like with, um, like with making my films. You know, originally that's how that started. I can't pay a director every time I want to make a music video. I tell a story or bring this song to life. I'm just going to have to learn how to do it myself. So I did, but then I kept coming across things that I couldn't do. You know, like um, I would look back on, I shouldn't really do this. To Andre tells me off for doing this. If Andre was here now, he'd say, stop doing that thing. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, publicly critique my own work. Like when I look at Hol um, Hollow, the first video that I sort of co-directed, I realised the cinematography wasn't very good. Um, and it wasn't the, the, the my co-director's fault either. The cinematography was shit. Um, and he was not really in it for the creativity. He was in it for a paycheck. And frankly, he was a total wanker. And I was really telling that to his face. Um, he shot it like TV, wide, medium, close up. 
no imagination, no the camera moving in a, in a particular way to tell a certain story. There was no thought at all. And yeah, it was one of those things of like, why is that shit? Why is that shit? <laughs> and then I thought, well, I can't direct music videos if I can't talk to the DOP in a language they understand and understand how to tell a story with the camera. Thank you, sweet. I'll speak of the devil. I was just talking about you. Yeah. Yeah. Now a doggy. Bungle, come sit with me. I'm going to assume it wasn't the dog no. that brought you the cup of coffee. <laughs> yeah. Andre. So Andre is the DOP um, for, that I work with on a regular basis. And he loves me. So that works, you know. Massive win. Um, but yeah, it, again, it was just like, I'm going to have to learn this in order to do what it is that I want to do. It, it's as simple as that. Who knows what the next thing might be that I have to learn how to do. Oh, I'm on a new thing, actually. Yeah, shit. I'm learning how to um, do screenwriting. Because oh wow! With the with Ghost of Stars Hall, we want to do that as a short story because it's about the people that were locked up in asylums that, by today's standards, never would have been, or even seen the inside of a doctor's surgery. Um, gay people being uh, trans people being something you know people that stand out there, um, and Clive, who death in um, in the video, Clive Russell. And he's going to play like a doctor that's haunted by the people that he, he knows that society let down. And um, I'm going to have help. I happen to be best friends with a, a, a she's actually pretty much a world famous writer. Um, and she's going to help me. But yeah, it's just, I want to do this. I want to make this. I'm going to have to learn this thing. So get your big girl pants on, Olivia. <laughs> We love talking to people like that, though. You know, it's, I want to do this. Oh, no one's going to do it for me. I'll do it myself. Sorted. Teach me a skill. Yeah. Let's go. I, I love that attitude. That is the, that's the advice I give over and over again to people because I, I teach performance and songwriting. And I'm always, because it's very important to me to facilitate creativity in other people. That's something that I really massively value. And I just say, if I could give you one piece of advice, it would just be give yourself permission to fail. Give yourself permission to be shit. You know? Just get on with it. It's you, you, you know, the first time you do it, it's never going to be any good, no matter what it is. So what are you waiting for? You know, you've yeah. got to wait through like that. that shit regardless. So if you really want to do it, just crack the fuck on. Yeah, yeah exactly. I mean, <laughs> everyone starts somewhere. People who don't like it. So my dog is getting, what? What, what do you want? Come on, <laughs> come sit with me. Why are you looking at me like that? We need to go outside and play. Is what we need to do. But that's exactly what that look means. <laughs> it's dark and I'm cold and I'm talking to strangers on the internet. Yeah. <laughs> go harass your dad. <laughs> yeah. No, but go back to what you're just saying. You know, look, practice makes perfect. You know, it's that's an expression for for a reason. You know, you keep trying yeah. until you get it perfect. Yeah, that's why I'm so shit at talking to people. <laughs> I've got practice. And also, it's better that you don't. I love. I hate relying on people. I hate relying on other people to, do, you know, do other do bits and pieces. You know, where you're waiting for something, you can't progress because you're still waiting for that certain thing. So yeah. being able to do it yourself, spot on. Yeah, but even even if then you are in a position where you can hire someone to do that for you, you can, you can talk to them in their language as well. Then and and mm. uh, yeah, yeah. So take us back. What? When little little Miss Hyde will say, "What was your original plan for your career? Was it always music, or did that just was just like a hobby that took off?" Um, no, it is 
I'd say it's a relatively interesting story, actually. When I was a little kid, my, my dad was a he, he was a musician. He played piano, he sang, he played guitar, he wrote. And um, because I was a kid, it never occurred to me to um, make excuses for the fact that I wanted to sing, I wanted to dance, I wanted to write songs, I wanted to act. I was a little creative powerhouse when I was a kid, getting my little grubby fingers into everything I was, and I loved it. Somewhere along the line, and I see this in kids, I see them in my stepkids and try to stop it. Just life just kind of stamps it out of you, doesn't it? You know, it's, yeah. it's, it's awful. It's like, um, who do you think you are? And well, that's not very good. And you have to commit to this and you have to and slowly but surely, because I didn't have the maturity as, as a child, I just kind of lost heart with it and ended up um, being a, a normal teenager in the sense of just living for going out with my friends. And and then, yeah, somewhere it, definitely, definitely it was influenced by the fact that my dad died, which is why I'm doing this project now. Um, something just kind of clicked in me. I watched this program where someone asked the question, what would you do if success was guaranteed? What would you do if it was just purely out of love? What would you do, you know, with your time if you won the lottery? And it was just a weird, clear moment for me. The answer was the same for each. I was just like, well, I'd want to make music. I'd want to sing. I'd want to dance and and before this, I was actually a full-time professional self-employed model. And I was already learning that I enjoyed the performance aspect. I enjoyed the um, the theatre of putting together an outfit and a scene and, and, and telling a story with my body, with my face, with my costume, with my location. But I also knew that I really wasn't making me very happy, you know. Um, so... I just thought, okay, well, if you know, if I don't have to see the end result, what's the first thing I would do? I thought, okay, so if I wanted to be that person, what's the first thing I'd do? And I thought, okay, well, I guess the first thing I'd do would be I would start working on my singing again because I used to sing. I used to sing all the time. I used to really enjoy singing. So I need to start singing again. Okay, well, what's the step after that? start writing songs again okay what's the step after that okay right once I've got a few songs that I like what I can do is I can reach out for other band members and what's the step after that well we rehearse what's the step after that we get our first gig and all of a sudden this ridiculous dream of me being on a stage fronting a band singing my own songs I realized like hang on a minute I could have a plan here it doesn't, I'd have to win a fucking quiz <laughs> and go out and I can, I can make it happen, you know? So it took a long time and don't get me wrong. It wasn't like, Oh, okay, now I'm going to do that. I, I battled with, um, with demons, with insecurities, with practicalities. Um, but that, yeah, that's ultimately what happened. That it, This is what I wanted to do as a kid, but then somewhere along the line, life and society just battered it out of me. But then as an adult, with you know, with my mature brain and mature body, I was like, hang on a fucking second. <laughs> <laughs> I used to love doing this. Why did I stop? And that was, uh, yeah, over a decade ago now, and I haven't looked back. That's amazing. I, I love that, though. It's, it's chasing your dream. 
yeah. get, as, as Tom likes to say quite often, you, you get one life, you get one chance at life, do what you want to do. Absolutely yeah. love it. So you clearly have, like, from, from your videos and the way you talk about everything, you clearly have this passion for art of, of all types. Yeah. Where does that passion come from? Is that from your dad or is that from just a variety of places? The music side of things is definitely my dad's influence, without a doubt, because my dad was just as passionate about music as me. Um, he was a brilliant pianist, brilliant guitarist, fantastic songwriter, great singer. He loved to sing, he loved to dance, he loved to, to, to play. You know, without a doubt, um, the, the, the musical passion came from him. Um, as for the other side of things, film especially, I sort of don't know, actually. No, there was never one person that influenced me to want to make my own films. I guess I've always, when, I write, when I'm writing a song, I'm often seeing the music video in my head. You know, I, I, I'm quite a visual thinker like that. I just see these weird things in my head. And... Um, yeah I, I, yeah, I don't know, actually, if I had to really sit down and think about it. Um, I can tell you one, um, one little anecdote, though, that was quite strange. Um, I was going through a pretty awful breakup and I was feeling terribly depressed. And I'd, um, I had directed and done music videos before, but it was mainly out of like necessity. And... I didn't know what to do next. I was thinking, how can I help myself? How can I, how, you know, how can I drag myself out of this, uh, this, uh, this emotional hell? And I was watching V for Vendetta. And um, I think that film is fucking great. I just loved it. I know it's not for everybody. Luckily, I hadn't read the graphic novel, so I had nothing to compare it to because I know it rubs some people of the graphic novel up a bit the wrong way, but I didn't have it to compare it to. There's that scene where, um, with the dominoes and I just sat there and thought how many brilliant amazing talented people have had to work as a team in order for that scene to happen so you've mm. got obviously the cast who are absolutely world-class um the director underneath the director you've got the DOP the production designer underneath the, the DOP you've got the camera operators um you've got the lighting the people who are in charge of setting up the tracks. You've got the people who were, you know, the runners looking after everybody on the design side. You've got the production design, you've got the art directors, you've got the prop masters, you've got the costume, you've got the makeup, you've got then in post-production, you've got the editor, you've got the, the color grader. And I just sat there and thought just, wow, I want to be a part of that team, you know, that, and it just popped into my head, study production design. Study film, go and study film, go and study film and production design. And that's what I did. I went to Brighton and, and got a qualification in production design. And um, yeah, again, it was just like, well, what, what, what do I have to learn in order to do this thing I want to do? Learn, learn production design, I'll go and do that then. Um, and then, yeah, from there I learned about really what a director actually does which surprises most people. And um, we've got a couple of interns at the moment and I asked them what, um, they thought a, a director did and I mean they're only 20 but fucking hell their answers were adorable well it's the person that tells people where to stand and if people like have to come on and off 
the director tells them to come on and off. I'm like, oh dear God, <laughs> that's really not <laughs> bless them. They love, they are absolutely lovely. Um, but yeah, a lot of people are, have a, a misconception of what it is a director does and what the different people on the team do. And that is where I realized I, I'm really inter- interested in production design, but really ultimately I'm a director. Um, so no, I've got no idea. There, there wasn't one person. It was just a, a love of film, a love of music meets film. And um, so it just popped into my head, like, I want to do that. Awesome. Is yeah. that why you did with the music videos? Because you direct, produce and star in them. <laughs> well, here's the thing. Um, I don't intend on starring in all my music videos. Um, the only time, well, it's been up until now, it's been a necessity. It's... Again, don't mistake kind of like a lack of a budget for people for me wanting to do everything. You know, I mean, with Open Letter, for instance, and with pretty much everything we've done so far, um, I was I produced it, I wrote it, I directed it, I starred in it. But I was also um, the production designer before we got Annalise as the head of costume. I did costume. Um, she's incredible but we didn't find her till later. So at that point, I'd already sourced half the costumes. Uh, I didn't have a set dresser. I dressed the sets downstairs in my house. I did all my own storyboards. I did all my own shot lists. I did my own scheduling. They would all be the jobs of other people. You know, you'd have a props master sorting the props, a a whole costume department sorting that out, a whole art department sorting out the sets. The director, ideally, would just be liaising between the departments to make sure the vision is coherent. Um, I do not like the production side of things. I don't like doing my own schedules. Jesus Christ, it would be the happiest day of my life when I've got like I can pay an assistant director to to do the schedules and the shot lists and all that kind of thing. Um, It's not a control thing. It's not, I must be in it. I must (laughs) I am the star. I'm the star, darling. If it was the star (laughs) hall, I don't intend to be in because Clive's the star of that one. Um, the next music video, I'm going to be in it as a performer on the piano, but the 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 lead characters are actually going to be real bereaved people, lip syncing the lyrics to Empty Bed. Um, and yes, most people go, fuck, when I say that, but that's the next project. Yeah, Death of a Dream, I'm not in. Um, it's I, I feel a connection with that character you know, with um, who I called Rachel because it's my middle name because she isn't me, but there's a, there's a connection. Hmm. So I'll be in our final kiss, which is um, the thing I'm working on with Clive at the moment. But yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. If Andrew Arnold came along and said, I want to direct your next music video, I'd, you know, there'd be, I would, I would just be, you know, a, a mess on the floor in joy. <laughs> and obviously... Um, but she's not going to do that because we can't afford the 10 grand a day she probably charges and um yeah i've before now i haven't necessarily had access to the to the kind of actors that i would it's better you know because i am an experienced actor it's it's better for me to do it than to hire someone straight out of uni it's you know what I mean it's yeah, yeah, yeah. and in the same way like with pr- the production design um there's pr- you know the a professional production designer is going to wipe the floor with me but a student who is less qualified than I am I'm not going to hand my project over to that if that makes sense yeah so no it's it's 
it you know the the credits listing is almost like oh god I bet people think I am such a fucking you know control maniac but I'm not it really is it's about budget it's about the fact that I'm an independent artist I'm totally self-funded there's nobody in a suit giving me money um I've got to wear a lot of hats DIY yeah, and it will be the happiest day in my freaking life when I come to a to do a music video and say, okay, I've got to have a meeting with all these different heads of department and then I'm going to let them do their fucking job and let them do it better than me because they will. That'll be the happiest day of my life. It will come. You lot sort that. I'm going to go fuss my dog. Sort it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not trying to blow smoke or anything. Your voice is incredible and it's powerful. And Thanks. you can feel the emotion in your voice when you sing your lyrics. Did you train to be a singer or is that like natural talent? No, I trained. I trained and I trained and I trained like a motherfucker. I trained for <laughs> years. Yeah. Um, when I had that moment of, I want to be in a band, I want to be an artist, I want to be a singer. And I thought, I used to sing, you know, and I used to really enjoy it. I was all right. I had a nice tone to my voice. I had a natural pitch. Um, I had a, a not a very, I, I often say to people, I'll arrange this big. And that's because in my head, I'm on the piano. This means nothing to the average person. Like, what the fuck does that mean, arrange this big? It only means something to like people who know that a piano is. Yeah. But yeah, I didn't have much of a range. Um, no, I trained. I, I invested a lot in brilliant teachers. At one point, I practiced for an hour pretty much every single day. You can ask wow. Nikki Continent, you know, if we were going shopping, I would just put my workout on in the car and I would do my vocal workout. Um, there's this there's this mystical thing around singing that people think you either can do it or you can't. And if you can, yay. But if you don't, you know, if you can't, don't embarrass yourself by trying, you know. Um, it's not true. You can train your voice. And I have. You don't wake up in the morning and go, it doesn't happen. It just doesn't happen. That's like saying, you know, you wake up in the morning and do the splits. You train. <laughs> it, it, it really is. You know, I, I remember somebody I, th- I saw in a in a TV movie kind of thing. This character, this opera singer, said, "Nobody can sing bel canto without lessons. God does not allow it." And I thought, "Oh, I'm stealing that." Not that I even believe in God, really, but. Or at least I don't believe in a God that grants you the power of singing. Um, but <laughs> I love that line. No, I absolutely trained. Everything, everything that if, if somebody's watching this and, and if you consider me good at anything ever, I've worked at it. None of it was given to me. And like I said, take my advice. Let yourself be shit at it. Get the right help, you know, get mentors, get teachers, but don't think you have to be like naturally brilliant at something. You know, my first video was fucking shit. It was just awful. It's not even online anymore. I took it down because it's, oh, wow. yeah, it's that bad. But I know what I, I learned something. I learned so much. Okay, why didn't that work? What do you know? And with singing, you try, you try a certain note. It doesn't work. You try again. You try again. You figure it out. So, yeah. Natural in the sense of I could already sing a bit, but no, I trained to to do what I do. For some reason, I'd had an image in my head of you waking up and just being in a spitz going, holy shit, oh my God, look at this, <laughs> fuck me. 
yeah. Doing the splits while singing. <laughs> Showing off now. Indeed. So when I was doing my research uh, on yourself and Bad Pollyanna, so there's something I saw, like a statement, and I, I, I was intrigued on some context because I've never seen Bad Pollyanna live. It, it said that like, you brought like a character to life on stage. Mm-hmm. So what does that mean? Did you literally have like this character in the show that wasn't you, if that makes sense? I, I used to get this question a lot, actually. And it's the answer is relatively complex and it might surprise you. But people often say, oh, you have a persona on stage. And I absolutely understand why people would use that word, because I'm very much not like I am on stage. You know, with Bad Pollyanna, I'm, sometimes I think I could, when I've seen pictures of myself on stage, I'm like, God, she's fucking terrifying. Shit. <laughs> you know, like, what a scary bitch. Um, and um, sometimes, other times when I've seen myself on stage, it's like, oh, gosh, where did that come from? That's really intense. When Even like when I was looking back at the footage from Open Letter, especially the stuff with me and Clive, it was like, wow. Holy shit, that is really intense. Fuck. Um, so I understand why people use the word persona because when I'm not doing that, I'm not like that. I'm, I don't. Cons- Some people have said I'm eccentric or intense or madder than a box of frogs or a raging weirdo, you know. But I don't necessarily think that I'm like that. I'm, I'm pretty boring, you know. I'm, I like to walk my dog. Um, I like to write my songs. You know, so I can totally understand why people would would see that it's like a, a persona thing. And it's something that I struggle with, having these two very different sides of me. And it, I've written about it. I've, I've made films about it and will continue to. But it's not a persona. It's not. It absolutely isn't. There is There is no part of me that says, I'm going to wear this hat now. It just doesn't happen that way. It's like I've written a song with a story in mind um, and there's a character within the story, um, but it's just me expressing that character and that story and that song. And frankly, you know, I feel more myself when I'm on stage or I'm performing in a lot of ways than I do at any other point. You know, so to say it's a persona would be very misleading because that would that would imply that, OK, I'm stepping into this person now and being this. It really doesn't feel like that at all. It just feels like a very natural thing if the song is sad if you're committing to to the song then naturally then you it's, it's going to be very very sad if you're committing to what the emotional content of the song at the same time if the song is about say for instance like with bad pollyanna becoming having been made a monstrous robot doll accidentally killing somebody because you love them by ripping their insides out Again, it's it's logical for that character. It's very very intense, and but but yeah, it feels very natural. It doesn't feel like I've got a persona. No. That's fair enough. It's the way it was worded in that thing. I was like, does she put on a performance? Like she's a different person. I was like, I'm intrigued. Absolutely now. not. No. no, they're all me, just just different facets. It never feels like a persona. It never feels like I'm being somebody other than myself. So now. There's one thing we definitely need to talk about is you may have noticed the signs above us. So that side for me, you know, Invincible Girl, a song that you released with Bad Pollyanna for the Sophie Lancaster Foundation. Yeah. As you know, it's a charity we work with as well. Where did the idea to do this song come from? Okay, so um, basically, 
it might surprise you to know that we'd already written Invincible Girl. Um, it, it it was actually inspired again by my dad's death. It's the most profound thing that's ever happened to me. And it was it was basically about how it was me acknowledging that the irony, that the fact that you can hold these two very contrasting ideas in your hand, that you know that what's happened to you is always going to be shit. It's always going to be awful. You're always going to wish it never happened. In my case, that, you know, I'm never going to be glad my dad died, you know. Mm. Um, but on the other, you cannot deny that it's that stuff that shapes who you are as a person. Like, I cannot deny that if my dad hadn't died, I would be a completely different person. I may never have pursued music. I may never have, um, have sung, played piano, because it was his dad, it was my dad's death that catapulted that. And I thought, that's the same for everybody. You know, the irony of the worst things that have happened to you, that you would readily have had that not happen, are often the things that shape you. So I had this idea for a song, Invincible Girl, Invincible, Invincible Girl, but everything about it would be very fragile, you know? Mm. Julian Kiniston, who owned Illamasqua at the time, worked with the Sophie Lancaster Foundation very closely, had been looking for a song that he felt really got across what the Sophie Lancaster Foundation was about. So we heard it and said, you know, how would you feel about us using it? And I thought, well, and I've said this on stage many times, so I'm only repeating what I've said in the past now. When I learned about Sylvia Lancaster, as far as I was concerned, this was her song. Like, I know people associate it with Sophie, but I associate it with the Sophie Lancaster Foundation and Sylvia, because Sylvia is the invincible girl. You know, yeah. if I'm, I'm sure if, you know... I'm sure if she could wave a magic wand, she'd just have Sophie back, obviously. Yeah, absolutely. But the fact is, that did happen, and she had a choice. She could either hate and be bitter forever or sink into depression, um, or she could make something, she could make it mean something. And she's taken the worst thing that's ever happened to her and made it into something that's really beautiful, that's um, that's making other people's lives easier and other people's lives better, bringing people together. And I just think that she is um, 10 times the rock star I'll ever be for that reason. I think she's, I really do have so much respect for her. Um, we did write Define Me, inspired by the Sophie Lancaster Foundation and what they do. Um, but no, the song did come first. It was more that when we were offered the deal, like how would you feel about this becoming Sophie's, Sophie Lancaster's um, official single, that I could just see so clearly how it was right and that we really wanted to do that. That's amazing. Stunning. And you're absolutely right about Sylvia. The woman is a rock star. We had her on this show and after we'd finished talking to her, we were just like, wow, this woman is incredible. I was humbled. I was humbled when I met Sylvia. I met her twice. No, no, three times, but once properly, like on the on the shoot for the video, and yeah. I was humbled. And I, I don't ever remember meeting anyone and felt and feeling genuinely like humbled. You know, like I could meet. I met Trent Reznor backstage at a Nine Inch Nails gig once, and I smiled at him. I went, I gave him the the, the respectful nod. I didn't feel like. Oh, 
<laughs> you know, even though I absolutely adore Trent Reznor's music, I've, I've, I've got so much respect for him as an artist. I think he is a bona fide genius. I still didn't feel humbled when I met him, you know, mm. like, wow, I am in the presence of someone who is pretty, like, superhuman. I did with Sylvia. Absolutely. That, that's a quote I'm using for the show now. Sylvia Lancaster, better than Trent Reznor. <laughs> so what was it about the foundation and Sophie's story model that stood out to you were were you like an alternative goth kid growing up um no not really growing up growing up in in when I was in high school I was in one of the top performing girls grammar schools in the country there oh. wow. Yeah, wow. it's all about the league tables. <laughs> and my friends were pretty nice, but and I actually wrote a whole article about this. Everyone agreed that I was just a little bit off. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um the and it was more the teachers actually that stamped out the who do you think you are. My friends, as much as you'd, you know, I, I realize I've, I've got a a, a teenage trans stepson. I know what vicious little shits teenagers can be. But my experience, I'm still best friends with the person I'm best friends with them. My best friend, Lauren, we've been best friends for 26, 27 years now. Um, but yeah, it was a bit like, where did you get that outfit? Like, but people would say, my friends would say, Liv, where do you find these songs? Where do you find these bands? Where do you? where on earth did you get that outfit? But they just thought it was like I was their eccentric black sheep friend. Mm. It was the teachers that were, you know, that were very judgmental. Um, but it was in college that I found um, the the alternative scene and I felt like it was the scene I'd been looking for my whole life. Um, and, yes, people stare and people say horrible things. And, like, um, I remember once... A friend of mine, Emma, she brought a friend from work who was, you know, one of the normal people, if you like. And she thought it was just so much fun to hang out with the goths and the weirdos and the metalheads. And, she, you know, she thought it was great until afterwards we all go to McDonald's because it's two o'clock in the morning and we're a bit drunk and we're hungry. So that's what you do. And. People were, you know, saying the things they say. <laughs> it's not fucking Halloween. Fucking hell. Like, that kind of thing. Yeah. Halloween's not till next month. You'd be fit if you didn't have black hair. You'd be fit if you got a pan. It's a, these are real things people have said to me. Fucking goth star Barbie here. Oh, that's another one. Um, someone said to me once. And Emma's friend, and I get it, was really pissed off. She was like, I mean, she was a bit drunk as well. She was like, who the fuck do you think you're fucking talking to? <laughs> fuck off. Fuck off with you, goth. Fuck off, right? Who does he think he's fucking talking to? And, and I realised at that point that everybody in our group zoned it out. And I thought, ah, this is what, this isn't normal, is it? No. Do you get what I mean? It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. React. We were just like, because that was just Saturday night for us. That was just, that's what happens, you know, when you're in McDonald's and you're surrounded by normal people and everyone's a bit drunk, people say nasty shit. It's like, oh, just zone it out. If we'd said, what the fuck? <laughs> Every time somebody called you a mosher or a goth or a weirdo, 
that's all you'd ever do. And it was a little bit of a moment, actually. You know, I, I'd sort of said to her, sorry, do you think that we're not used to it? She was like, well, it's fucking rude. And she, she, you know, she was absolutely so offended on our behalf. And it was just, yeah, like I said, it was just a moment like, oh, yeah, this is normal, is it? It's not normal for people to just spout abuse at you in public. Ah. <laughs> I know what, what, it's, it's funny because I completely agree with what you're saying. I know it. I went for it all myself. But at the same time, when you look back and you think, that's really bad. Mm. People shouldn't just be used, expect, expecting it now and just be like, ah, whatever, it's a Friday. Yeah. It's yeah. oh, it's horrible when you think back on it. Yeah, it is. Ugh. So, yeah, I get it. They were just jealous that they couldn't look that way. That's all it is. Uh, they're just well. fucking jealous. <sighs> I mean, honestly, I think it's more sinister than that, really. I mean, this is probably a deeper conversation than this podcast requires, but I, I often genuinely just feel sorry for people like that. There's, you know, nobody who says things like that to people in public nobody you know they, they don't look in the mirror in the morning and say isn't life great you know the the, no. the world's my yeah. oyster i can be whoever i want to be you know they don't do that i mean i say that to my um my stepkids a lot when they have to deal with bullies it's like i'm not saying it's okay but it you know to happy confident people do that because yeah. i don't think they do no not so, at all. Not at all. I'm not saying it's right, but no. Right. So we need to talk about, let's talk about an open letter to death. Now, okay. before I even watched this video, just seeing like your social media posts and whatnot, I could tell you've put your heart and your soul into this song and video. Please tell people who aren't aware, please tell people what it's about. So it's about, um, in a nutshell, it's inspired by the loss of my dad, but it is in, it's about my ever-changing, um, ever-evolving, but always very, very complicated relationship with death. Um, I sat down at the piano one day and thought, what, what would I say to death if I could really say something to him? And I thought, what would, the, what would most people say to death? And it occurred to me that most people aren't necessarily afraid of death. They're afraid of being cheated out of life. Um, you know, like when my grandma died, um, she was in her 80s and I, I went to a funeral and I sang at her funeral and I cried. But I very quickly got over it because it was just she'd lived her life. You know, she didn't have any regrets. But when my dad died, he died from industrial poisoning. And so he, you know, he was basically killed by corporate greed. He was killed because he, somebody didn't check the asbestos because they didn't have the health and safety oh. that they did then. So I was really fucking angry. Um, and it's why the death of a child is so tragic. It's, it's, you know, that I think that's what most people are afraid of, is having their time just cruelly and senselessly cut short and that of their loved ones. So it was very much just me imagining death's right here. What would I say? I'd say, look, I know that I'm going to die. And I'm honestly, I'm okay with it. In fact, I'm happy to die because being mortal is what gives life meaning. So please don't think I'm not grateful for what you bring to the table. But if you could not be like a con, that'd be great. <laughs> I felt awful laughing at the end of that, but that yeah. was just like, you, you know, leave my fucking family alone. All right. Leave them alone. Leave me alone. Leave my best friend alone. 
and we'll honestly if you can do that i did you know I, it's not that i don't want to die i know i'm going to die it's fine and everybody i love is going to die but just don't make it just don't make it horrible don't make it like a horrible illness or you know dying in a an alley because i've been attacked or something like that just let me and my family just die with dignity and um yeah again that got quite deep quite quickly but what are you gonna do yeah um, so, <laughs> yeah um and it was watching the it's about watching the the reactions of the people around me to bereavement as well and how people react differently but the video is basically that it's me seeing all these awful ways that people are coping with the reality of death and my character also going down a dark path and then it's just like enough is enough I mean, look at what not facing death is doing to all of these people. So my character decides they're not just going to take death mask off and look at him. They're actually going to dance with him. It is a very powerful video. Thank you. Um, I, I, I was just, it's one of those where, as I was watching, it was going like, you know, you just like get so transfixed. And like, I just completely forgot where I was for the whole five and a half minutes, yeah. however long. Just, I was Thank just completely you. transfixed by it. Absolutely incredible. And the dance scene as well is unbelievable. It was, pretty, it was very intense. Yeah, it was great. And um, afterwards, me and Clive came back. and we, I think we were actually like sat on this sofa and um, just like drank a lot. <laughs> wine down. Like I think you drank a whole bottle of wine and I drank a whole bottle of Prosecco because it was just, yeah, it was... It was uh, it was pretty intense. Did you get proper lost in the moment of it? Definitely. So that's what, make, I think that's oh, what yeah. makes it like stunning. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. And it really helped that I really um, clicked with Clive and, and bonded with him because I just trusted him, you know. So that was, you know, that was really helpful. And obviously it goes without saying that the team, it could not have been done without the team. It was such mm. a team effort. It was a really genuinely beautiful experience, actually. Um you know, not necessarily at the time when you're doing it because there's so much pressure and you've got a shot list and you've got a schedule. But even then, I was thinking, oh, this is going to be so good. And we had the cast and crew premiere here a few weeks ago and it was just lovely to see everybody and hug them and enjoy the moment together. Yeah. It's, it's teamwork. It's all teamwork. That's amazing. And obviously, we should say as well, I'm so sorry for your loss. Yeah, that oh, is no, fucking you. terrible. That you know what happened, um, but I'm sure he's like a Dan Nago, like fucking proud. Like, yes, that that is incredible. And I'm excited to see what's to come. To be honest with you, after that, yeah, yeah. Well, I've got I've got all kinds of plans. So I struggle to even call it a song to be honest, because it felt like a performance piece, a piece of art. It's like the song's just part of this piece of art that the video goes along, and then there's the backstory to it, and it. It's yeah, it just encompasses. It's a beautiful piece of art. It really is. Thank you. Well, that is really what I'm trying to do. Really, is um, you know, I'm trying to be an artist rather than just a singer songwriter, and I'm trying to with this project really bring together all the threads of what I do. So the finished project will be um, music, music videos, short films, um, but there'll also be an interactive element. 
Um, I'm doing a workshop called An Open Letter to Death, which is going to be a free online workshop that people can come and for free and be guided by somebody who knows what they're doing, not me. Um, somebody who um, is, her name's Rachel. She, her company, Creative Map, they help people with their mental health using creativity. So people are going to be in really good hands. Um, the dog's seen something outside, sorry. Um, <laughs> I just thought he was doing a cover version. <laughs> Bungle, shut up. Um, so she's going to guide people through writing their own open letter to death in the morning. And then in the afternoon, people are going to be invited to create a piece of art um, on the theme of the project, of course, for the project. And um, they can send it in and it will be displayed on the website. So, yeah, it's, it's I'm, I'm trying to do something that really encompasses everything that I love. And that includes facilitating creativity in other people. So, yeah. So I'm glad you said that because that's what I'm trying to do. Bungle. <laughs> Sit with me, you silly dog. You can't go play with the fox. The fox does not want to play with you. But <laughs> he's dying to play with the fox. Come on, silly dog. So Sorry. is the plan to do all the songs off this project in this style? Um, yes, in the sense of the style being sort of creepy fairy tale for grown-ups. Um, but no, it won't all take place in sort of the same universe, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, Empty Bed, like I said, is a study of bereavement using real bereaved people. Um, Death of a Dream is a different universe. Clive may even be in that one. I'm going to ask him next week, but it might, he might not be right for it. It might just be better to just have him as, as death. Um, but yeah, that's a different universe, if you like. That's different characters. But yeah, Lift for Me, um, I want to do one for Final Kiss. Um, they will be sort of in the, the same universe. So no, in the sense of they're not all going to be set in the same universe, but yes, in the sense that, you know, the aesthetic is, is going to carry through. Yeah. So obviously you mentioned directing music videos in the past and whatnot, but with this one, because it's such a personal story and so much of your heart and soul, was it a completely different experience to ones you've done in the past? Hmm. No, not really. No. Um, oh, I guess. Uh, yeah. Well, now you mention it. Yeah, maybe in, in some ways. But no, in the sense of um, it's like I think it's my ninth or tenth music video. And I, me and Andre, both of us, were like, this is going to be the best thing we've ever done. There is no doubt about it because we are going to look at all the things that we've done in other music videos. Andre and I have made five together. It's like, what worked, what didn't, you know? Um, so as director for this one, it was different in the sense of, you know, mistakes I've made in the past, and I'm making sure I'm not making them. Um, I kept saying to myself over and over again, this is the storyline, this is the narrative, this is the theme, and make it absolutely crystal clear. So it felt different just because I felt more experienced. I felt like, you know, I'd made enough at that point to be like, yeah, I know what I'm doing now, and this is going to be the best thing I've ever done. So there. Yeah. So a question I like to ask all artists slash musicians is music videos. Do you enjoy making them or do you absolutely hate it? Um, well, if I just had to show up 
and stand where somebody told me and do a thing and be in a music video, I probably really enjoy it. There is a lot of standing around, I think, that people don't realise about film sets. There's an awful lot of standing and sitting around. Um, but because I'm always the producer and director, it's a very different experience for me. Yeah. Um, Blood and Rust, Andre and I just had an absolute blast because it was just the two of us. So we had no schedule, no shot list. It was just us. Um, when we did Hook Line, we had a lot of fun doing that because it was so silly and I was playing all these different weird comedy characters and stuff and we had a, a right giggle. But when we did um, one for Pair of Fools that we didn't release because uh, lockdown meant that we couldn't do the reshoots that we needed to do, we couldn't finish it, that was a horrible experience from start to fucking finish because even just at the beginning of the day, we had a weird flood and then the... Um, setting up of the room took longer than it was supposed to and then the cameraman's and DOP's card um, had a malfunction and lost a load of footage so basically I was in the position all day where I was just having to apologize to people all day like I'm really sorry but it's going to be longer I'm sorry but we're not going to be able to let you go until a lot later than we thought I'm so sorry but we're going to have to do that again you know, it, that was, we just had this rotten look. Yeah. So, um, yeah, if it was just as an artist, they're great because you're basically waiting around, hanging out with your mates, and then you get to go and perform and, and do what you do. But it's different for me because, you know, when things run over, it's my fault because I did the schedule. <laughs> <laughs> and there's no sitting around and hanging out for me. You know, I'm being pulled in a million different directions all day, every day by everybody like when we do empty bed and go to stores hall and death of a dream i'm just gonna be like woohoo i'm not in it yeah <laughs> no, i'm gonna just be there in my jurassic park t-shirt saying put that down action cut do that again <laughs> you get you can see how giddy you are to film those you're just like yes <laughs> i know it's gonna be so good so what's next for you what's coming up is it these videos is there an album with all these songs on gonna be out yeah so the ep is out now and you can buy it so the singles out on spotify open letter to death um but you can buy the ep with four other arranged finished tracks on and, and two demos on that's just on my store oliviahigh.co.uk forward slash shop um there's the t-shirt there's the lyric sheets um, there's the costumes and souvenirs from the music video as well. And we're, we're selling those basically so that we can make the next one. Um, and next is Empty Bed music video. After that, Death of a Dream video. Um, and then I'm planning a live show for the 4th of February in Huddersfield. And I'm already written the songs for the next EP, which is going to be called An Open Letter to Living. So that's a bit more about like, yeah. you know, the own up and letter to death is more about the grief and the bereavement process and um, thinking about, you know, what death really means. And then the next EP is going to be a bit more like right now I'm going to going to live and what it means to be alive. Incredible. I've have got you, a lot. Have got you a missed, lot I want to do. Have you missed touring, like playing shows and stuff like that? Have you missed? Um, Not really. <laughs> not really. <laughs> No, um, like I did, I did a show here a couple of weeks ago because my studio's massive. So I just kit it out, and there's my beautiful Steinway Grand in here as well. And 
one of my fans who's known me a long time and supported everything I do has watched every interview I've ever had. I was actually quite impressed. He came up and he went, so you know you're doing this from your house? I was like, yeah. He was like, is it because you'd just rather not leave the house unless you have to? I was like, <laughs> yeah, that's, it. that's literally why. <laughs> you why. know me number one super fan you know you me absolutely know me so well that is exactly why i'm doing it in my home because if you don't have to leave the house why would you well you know? so, no I, I don't miss touring i don't miss the waking up at the crack of dawn to drive to a venue where they said they have a dressing room but they mean it's like the staff room or whatever and then the sound guy talking to you like shit and then, you know, setting up merch and talking to endless streams of people. Not really. No, um, I, I will tour again. Absolutely. But that is something where I need to have a certain head on. You know, I don't like to do odd gigs. I find it very like it's like emotional whiplash. I like to be in a groove when I'm touring. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, I, I do... I do enjoy touring when I'm touring because it's like I've got one thing to do. But no, I don't miss it. I quite like being at home. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but I can do a lot from home. I write my songs. I arrange. I'm doing it like this because I'm in my studio. I write my songs there. <laughs> I arrange them there. And I pretty much direct them here. Because yeah. so much of the direction is done before the shoot. 99.9% .9 of it is done before the shoot. Amazing. Um, yeah. Tom, have you got any more questions you want to ask? I do. I have one. I have one more I'd like to ask, which is: uh, Did you ever think that your life would turn out the way it has? Do you ever think you'd be here doing this, making these music videos, creating these massive pieces of art, and doing your music, etc.? Sometimes, when I have a bad day, you know, when I think I wish I had um, a bigger budget for for this, or you know, I wish I didn't have to do this, or mm. etc. I think back to myself at, say, 19 or 20, you know, when I was just a mass of insecurities and self-hatred and demons and caring too much what everybody thought about me, even just the people in the fucking pub, you know, do they like me? Am I cool? Am I popular? You know, et cetera. And sometimes I do think, imagine saying to that girl, that poor, sad, lonely 19-year-old girl who who thought that she was just a pretty face, you know, and if she couldn't be that, she couldn't be anything. Um, she was only as good as what everybody else told her she was and say, you know what, in 10 years, you're not only going to be fronting a band, you're going to be singing songs that you wrote and you'll have just made your first music video. And I can just imagine that 19-year-old going, fuck off. <laughs> 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 a chance like no way but then if she realized that this person was telling the truth she would probably tear up and and be absolutely moved by the fact that she's done this so there's so much don't me wrong i've still got my feet in the ground there's so much more that i want to do um and so many more things i want to be better at um but yeah when i have a bad day i think about myself as a much younger woman thinking who genuinely believed there was no way that she could have gone and done all these things. Mm. 
I can't think of a more beautiful way to end a conversation. That, that was absolutely amazing. Fair play. Thank and you. Thank you're you. absolutely right. Yeah, absolutely right. But before we let you go, we do okay. have a little game we like to play, if that is okay with you. Okay. Oh, one, one more thing. Andre, yeah. why don't you come and just say a quick hello? We just do the little game and then we're done. Oh, okay. Play the game. No, you don't have to play the game. Don't worry. Hi, so, <laughs> uh, this is this is Andre. And Hello. He's my DOP partner. So I've made Blood and Rust with Andre's DOP and Hookline and Open Letter. So that's him. A man knows how to budget twenty pound. Like it. <laughs> yeah. Right. Okay. Let's we'll play like, then. We'll let's play a little game. It's called the quick fire round. We literally ask you five questions and you answer them as quick as you can. Okay. It's nice and simple. Ready. And it's easy to know the answers because they're all about you. Okay. First off, favorite pizza topping? Um, it's very specific. It's green chilies, Ooh. feta cheese, and olives. Oh, you ruined it with olives. <laughs> I was like, yes, yes. Oh. <laughs> my second favourite is mushrooms. Yes. Ooh, nice I'm, I love pizza. It's one of my favourites. Oh. The first ever concert you went to? Roxette. Nice. Yeah. In fact, I would wager Roxette fans could even hear the influence of Marie Fredkinson on, on my singing. Your favourite joke to tell? Ooh, my favourite joke to tell. I don't know many jokes. What, uh, what do you call postman Pat on what? What do you call postman Pat on holiday? I don't know. Pat. Fuck's sake! <laughs> I like that. That was good. Hello. Like the moment this is over, I'll think of a better fucking joke. Oh, I've got another <laughs> one. I've got another one. Right. So a grandma, a grandma goes to the doctors and um, she says, what's the diagnosis, doctor? And he says, ma'am, you have acute agina. She says, yes, and my tits aren't bad either. <laughs> Fantastic. I like that. <laughs> Who would play you in the movie of your life? Well, this is something Andre and I talk about all the time. Like, if um, I think she'd probably be too old now because my story would obviously start really when I was nineteen and I started modelling. But I love Carrie Mulligan. I real, I think I love Carrie Mulligan. Um, she I, played I, the main role in um, uh, Suffragette, and she was also the main role in A Promising Young Woman. Um, I've always really liked her, but I think we're actually a similar age, so that ain't going to work. But CGI, so, it's all good. Yeah, it's all yes, it's all it's been, well, I think it's been one of those faces. I go, oh yes, because off the top of my head, I'm like, but I think if I looked, I'd be like, yeah, I know who that is. And last but not least, if you could get in a time machine, go back in time, and give one piece of advice to young Miss Olivia Hyde, what would that be? Um. It would be, I wouldn't maybe just say one thing, but it would more or less be when people put you down and tell you you can't do something, it generally says more about them than it does about you. That's awesome. That is beautiful. 
Absolutely beautiful. Olivia, this has been amazing. Before we let you go, though, have you got any plugs, social medias you want people to go check out? Uh, well, Facebook's probably the one that I use the most. So it's just facebook.com forward slash Olivia Hyde official or Olivia Hyde official. Um, to really be a part of my inner circle, it's Patreon. So it's just patreon.com forward slash Olivia Hyde. And that's, you really go on the journey with me there. Like before Open Letter to Death came out, my Patreons had seen every set, every costume. They'd even seen storyboards. Um, I'd have a monthly meeting with them and update them on the casting. You know, when Clive Russell signed on, we celebrated together, you know, because it's just the behind the scenes. I mean, for, for one thing, I just sort of don't assume the average fan gives necess- necessarily gives a shit about hearing like a, a demo or they, they heard the demo of Final Kiss when halfway through I went or something like that. <laughs> So it's that's if you really want the behind the scenes, the demos, the 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 props lists, the plans, the everything, it's it's Patreon. Otherwise, Facebook is probably the your best bet. Wonderful. Olivia, this has been absolutely sensational. I've loved every second of it. Thank you so Thank much for taking you. the time out. No, I've enjoyed it. Thanks. Well, not at all. Thank yeah, you for doing it. You. It's been amazing. Right, I'm gonna go and have my dinner and cuddle oh, my dog. Enjoy. Right, you deserve it. Absolutely stunning. Just hilarious. an incredible. Hilarious woman as well. Absolutely. Uh, just, she's so lovely. And everyone needs to go support Olivia. Go check out her projects. Go check out Open Letter to Death. Keep an eye out on our social media for what's to come next. Uh, and get involved on her page. Is it Patreon she's on as well? Yes, I believe so. Yeah, get involved in her Patreon as well. And let's just, you know, let's give this independent artiste some uh, much needed love. She's a wonderful human. And it has got some amazing things in the pipeline as you discussed in the show. So like Tom said, make sure you're following her and check out everything she does. And we loved interviewing her. So hopefully you guys enjoy listening to it and now watching it as much as we did recording it. Mr. Stevens. Hello, sir. Shall we get involved in some audience participation? Yes, please. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to participate. Jamie's participation challenge. This week, I said we've all had nicknames in our lives, right? Some of those amazing, some of those have got to have amazing stories behind them. So this week, I'm asking, what is your nickname? Any fun stories behind the name? What say you, Mister Stevens? So when I was at school, I was called Triple T. Triple T. Too tall, Tom. I was the tallest kid in school, um, and I was throughout my whole time there. Okay. Um, I've been called Stevens a lot. I've been called Billy. No idea why I was called Billy. I just got called Billy. Um, Kind of works about it's my favourite power range, I suppose. I don't know. Um, But yeah, Triple T was the main one. Two Tall Tom um, or Stevens. I got called Stevens a lot. I suppose it's more more a kid thing, isn't it? Everyone goes for the surname rather than the first name, yeah. So that was mine. What about you? Well, later in life, it's Westy. Or as you came up with one day, which I still don't know where the hell it came from, really, is Vestige. Because we were doing um, wrestling uh, promos in German accents. Ah, uh, yeah, that was it. Yeah. Visa people? Visa people, yeah. Visa, yeah. Yeah, so visa I people, just, yeah. I just, called, I just took Westy and put it as Vestige. <laughs> so I thought it was really funny. And it's just never, it's just stuck forever. The amount of times when I used to stay at yours and he was like, right, go to bed now. Night, night, night. Can you smell what the rock is cooking? Yeah. <laughs> 
20 minutes later and actually go to sleep. Und, und das ist the bottom line, yeah? Because Stone Cold said so. <laughs> um, but before that, people just called me Jay, which I'm, whatever. I've never really thought it suited me, but my best mate still calls it me. So there we go. I call you now as well. And you do as well. Uh, McClare also calls me Jammy, Do- Jammy Dodger, which is always stuck. Um, then I've got my friend Sophie likes to call me Jimmy Jammy Jum Jum Pants. What? Yeah, you heard Jimmy Jammy Jum Jum Pants. I've had it sounds, it sounds like the Shooty Shooty Bad Bad movie. <laughs> it does, doesn't it? <laughs> when I was younger, my, oh, I'm gonna fucking regret saying this. My mom always used to call me Ickle Jamie Wamey. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, when I was in school, I used to get bullied the fuck out of because I thought it was a good idea to go to a junior school with long hair in the 90s. So my nickname was Hanson. Of, of course it was. How original. How original, very original bullies. And there was one nickname which I absolutely detest and still upsets me to this day. So I don't really know if I want to say that one. So which is? Ah, oh, do I do I want to say it? Well, you, you, you can't. I can't you, not now, can I? Just open the gate now. You can't just be like, oh, I got called something. I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> it's one of those ones I'm like, don't laugh because it genuinely upsets me, but everyone laughs when I say it. I went to school as a fat kid with long hair. So I got called Amy Breastwood. <laughs> See, I told you fucking laugh. I tried. This is the way you delivered it. It was the best part about it. Amy Breastwood. Yeah. <laughs> Kids can be so cruel. <laughs> so can adults. Absolute bastards. I'm sorry. It's the way you delivered it that made it even funnier. I, I just couldn't help myself. So I do apologize. That's oh. really shit, mate. Because I just get I just get called ginger all the time. I was like, well done. Yeah. You have eyes. I'm so proud of you. At the same time, like fat kid with long hair going to a boy's school, I kind of set myself up for it in a way. But, but weird, weirdly, I think I spoke out months ago, but I used to get bullied as a kid as well because I was ginger and I was always shy of it and scared of everybody before I grew up and had made friends. Because obviously, I only ever had one friend since so I was about mm. 13, 14, maybe 15. And um, I went back. So when I'd grown up a bit more and had my face surgery, et cetera, and I went back to. Uh, my dad's where he lived in the place where I went to school where I got bullied all the time and I saw the bullies at the swimming pool and they literally were like they were they came over to me like trying to take the piss I was like oh, you're right there guys and they're like oh what do you think you're right now you've had your face sorted out are you <laughs> sorry what <laughs> she makes no sense <laughs> yeah you think you're right now you've had your eyelids lifted <laughs> no I think I, I had think, surgery that I required <laughs> I just think you're a bit of a prick I uh, I just, no, I just have my eyelids lifted. I'm just quite happily swimming here, if you don't mind. Could you uh, get the fuck out of my way? I never understood that. Why did, in like, when we were younger, kids go to the swimming pool to act hard? Like, do you know what I'm going to do to act hard? I'm going to get into a pair of Speedos and hang around the leads. <laughs> yeah, it's weird, isn't it? It is a bit weird, when you think of it. Anyway, should we get Sorry. on to some audience yeah, yeah, answers? Let's do it. Charlie Melhuish says, my nickname was Melshit. My surname isn't the easiest to pronounce. My sister was called this after a teacher said this instead of her surname properly. Now she's got married, so it's been passed on to me. Oh, no. Melhuish, Melshit. Especially by a teacher. Jodie Bennett, ballbag. For some reason, my four and five-year-old nephews started calling at me one day, and now it's... (laughs) But I'm so used to it. If someone shouts my name, I don't even realise until they then shout ball bag and then I react. That's insane. <laughs> that is nuts. 
this is just sick and wrong. And I really hope that someone said it and it's not true. Chris Mitchell, Marmite. I was drunk at a party and passed out, and some joker thought it'd be really funny for everyone to watch a cat lick Marmite off my knob. Oh, no. No. <laughs> I really hope that's not real. <laughs> oh, mate. I'm so sorry, Chris. That's horrific. That's r- the... No. 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 Like, can't we... Don't the do cat... that to people. The cat's tongue's really rough as well. I should have gone for oh. a dog. No, seriously, that's horrific. Luke Waller, tiny cowboy, because I adore Western movies and country music and I wear cowboy boots like they're casual wear, but I'm only five foot three. <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> yes, tiny cowboy. Hero. Jasmine Louise says, my nickname is Minge, because back in the <laughs> days of MSN, one of my friends accidentally typed Jasmine when talking to me <laughs> and it nearly killed us off. The problem is, unfortunately, it's stuck. (laughs) Oh, no way. Daniel Rose. I've had a couple of names. Through my school years, I was referred to as Clark Kent slash Super Dan, just because I look so different whenever I put my glasses on. (laughs) I thought that was great. That's a great one. Adam Wiltshire. All of these were in school. Lil Piggy, because I apparently look like an angry pig from the video game Angry Birds. Zippy, because I once wore an earring shaped like a zip. Once. <laughs> and Pitbull, because when playing rugby, I, I uh, when playing rugby because I was short, fast, and occasionally I attack pensioners. <laughs> <laughs> Neil Maynell. I was called Shag in the army, only because I turned up to basic training with a huge mop and long shaggy of permed hair. Nothing to do with my sexual prowess. I like this one. This one made me laugh. Sam Mansfield. My nickname is Table. Because a mate of mine flipped me over in my chair at Download. <laughs> and someone made a comment that I was like a table. Therefore, I'm now Table. Ridiculous. <laughs> Gareth Wright. I was called Big Issue. Later re- reduced to Big Ish for a while. Not because I was one, but because my cricket team thought that I looked like a soldier. <laughs> Abby Royal says Stabby. A mate called at me once about 11 years ago because it rhymes in my name and it just sort of stuck. Since then, it's had fresh incarnations and variations like Stabitha, Stabigail, <laughs> Stabaldeen. <laughs> oh, God. Gemma Williams. This one's quite sad. I was called Flipper at school because I had big feet compared <laughs> to all of the short girls. I've been tall all of my life, even when I was a baby, my legs were long. Did I like that nickname? No, but it could have been worse. Kids no. are horrible. I said, that's what I said. Kids can be cruel. And last but not least is Kenny Aldridge. I got called Ostrich, I guess because it sounds like Aldridge, and I had skinny little legs and I could run really fast. Oh, that's cool nickname in a way. It's a great nickname. I like that. Yeah. I thought I'd put it last. I was like, I like that one. Yeah. That's almost like they're being really nice in a weird way. <laughs> yeah. You're like a fucking Ostrich, mate. Yeah. God, you can run really quick. But yeah, we love it. We love everyone participating in Jamie's challenge. Thank you so much, everybody, for you know joining in. We really, really appreciate you. Like you wouldn't fucking believe. And we've learned from that. Kids are cruel, and don't let your mate stick marmite on your knob. No. And also, if you're going to, at least use an animal with a softer tongue. Um, <laughs> <and> if you, <laughs> if you, um, 
I've completely lost where I am now because I'm just doing that. But we really appreciate everybody joining the James Preservation Challenge. If you enjoyed that, if you enjoyed Callum's preachings that you saw earlier, if you enjoyed my journal and you enjoy the interviews, then you'll enjoy the other 21 editions of the Chronicles of Podcasts, which you can find on the YouTube, or, uh, well, the interviews are on YouTube or on Spotify, Google Podcasts, etc. You can find us anywhere you get your podcasts from. You can sign up to our YouTube at the Chronicles of Podcast. You can now watch the show in its entirety and you can now watch the interview. Well, you can watch, watch the interviews anyway, but you can watch the shows in their entirety from now on. Um, we also have the hashtag WBW. So the Wayback Wednesdays are also available on the YouTube, but you'll now be able to see us introduce them in full for the first time ever in a, a couple of weeks' time. You can also uh, go check us out on the old Facebook at the Chronicles of Podcast. Please do give us a subscribe. Hit that subscribe button. Hit that like button. Uh, and also please share it with all your friends. Share our YouTube and share our Facebook with everybody, please. Everyone. Now. Do it right now. All right. Everyone. Now. But Jamie, do you know where else you can find us? Uh, where? It's this weird little bird thing app, right? And it's on the Twitter. <laughs> at TCOPod. And do you know where else you can find us, Jamie? Um, on a rooftop discussing which one it hurts more, flying it's, or walking. It's a, more of a little pink boxy thing that's like blue and yellow, which is on the Instagram uh-huh. at TCOPod. You can also find us on the TikTok at TCOPod. And you can also come to our beautiful, spankingly, deliciously new, sexy little website at www.thechroniclesofpodcast.com. Please come and follow us. Have a check it out. Just enjoy it. Like peruse, feast your eyes, as they say. Uh, you can also find out all about us on there. All of our episodes are on there. And all of our sponsors are on there, which, of course, are Stay Cozy, the Sophie Lancaster Foundation, and Syscast. Um, uh, uh, the Chronicles of Podcast. Downloaders, reviewers, raters, tell all of your friends about us. Allow us into your ears. But most importantly... Only listen to us while downing Cherry Lucasade. Ooh. Is that because you're drinking Cherry Lucasade before we went on the show? <laughs> I'm drinking Orange Lucasade right now because I feel like ass. Man oh. ass. My ad. Sweaty, hairy Ooh, man ass. That's the worst kind of ass. Yeah, exactly. Before we get out of here, we'd like to say a big old thank you to our friends. First off, the guys at Mr. Stay Cozy. Mr. Sabre Can Fly, Braden Barry, he's an amazing clothing company. Go check them out. They've got hoodies, tees, sweatshirts, booty shorts, tapestries, jewellery, you name it. And if you decide you want to buy something on there, like you should, go to the checkout, add in The Chronicles at checkout and get yourself 10% off just because you listen to this show and because Braden is amazing. Also, check out well, that, way, that way, the Sophie Lancaster Foundation, they are an incredible, incredible charity. They do amazing work. They are stopping hate crime and they are standing up for people in the alternative community because let's be honest, people get bullied just for looking different these days. And it is an absolute shame and a crime and it needs to end. So Sylvia is doing all this work in the name of her daughter to raise awareness. So please do what you can, whether it's sharing a post, donating some money, speaking to your kids' school, and maybe getting the foundation down there to give their workshop and tell people all about the foundation. Just check it out. And of course, Syscast, our friends over at Syscast with their audio dramas, all sorts of different audio dramas for you to check out, including Val Toby, including the Christmas special, Big Toby, with this guy in it. This guy of... This guy, there he is. I'll get used to this point in Malark on YouTube at some point, I promise. 
go check them out. And of course, last but not least, our wonderful friend, Mr. Matt Roberts, of all his incredible music, including our brand new intro, intro music. I think it sounds spectacular and beautiful and bombastic and amazing. It's a good word, bombastic. So thank you very much, Mr. Roberts. Go check him out, Matt Roberts Music on the Instagram. Go check him out on Spotify and listen to all his music. And go check out Way Back Wednesday because we chatted to him on it. I second everything Jamie just said, guys. Every single word. But just want to wish you all a very happy new year. We are going to see you in 2022, where obviously you can now visually see us on a weekly basis. Aren't you fucking lucky devils? Uh, and obviously we have so much more to come. Brand new interviews, brand new guests, more treachings, more journal entries, more challenges. We are so excited to take the Chronicles of Podcast into 2022. Have yourselves an amazing new year, whatever you're doing. Peace, love and hugs to all. And as for this week, we are going to see you all in 2022. Goodbye, everybody. Bye! Bye.